Hi, and welcome to another episode of Raising His Kids, a podcast for stepmoms. We're your hosts. I'm Lauren, a child-free stepmom of one, hoping for an hour's baby soon. And I'm Tony, a bio mom of two and a stepmom of two. We are two stepmoms who, although we live at opposite ends of the world, quickly bonded over how we all deal with the same Karen as we navigate our lives raising his kids. Welcome listeners to another episode of Raising His Kids. Today we are thrilled to have Cassandra Martinez, also known as We Are Family-ish on Instagram, joining us today. Cassandra is a self-published author of the children's book Before You, which she wrote for her stepson, sharing her experiences and demonstrating the step-parent and stepchild relationship. As a divorced stepmom, Cassandra has a unique perspective on blended families. She's now remarried and on the other side of step-parenting as a bio-mom, helping her husband navigate life with his stepkiddos. Cassandra's blended family journey hasn't been without its ups and downs, and she has come out the other side with incredible wisdom and valuable insights to share. In this episode, we'll be diving into Cassandra's experience and exploring the topics of parenting, remarriage, and staying connected with stepchildren. We'll also be discussing her mission to highlight the loving relationships and blended families. So sit back and enjoy as we learn about Cassandra's journey. Oh my gosh, that was so kind. I'm so glad to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. Oh gosh, I have been watching you guys on Instagram and very excited to get to chat with you. And I'm so glad that you liked the books. I absolutely love the books. And loved them. As I said to you before, it it really helped re-strengthen that relationship between mine and little Jay, where it's been strained for quite some time due to various issues and when I read it to him he was kind of had this light bulb moment of wow my stepmom really does love me oh I love that (laughs) um well yeah because these books are really they're one of a kind in a sense that um just to give a little background about what brought them about and why I'm on this um grassroots effort to get them out in the world is that I looked high and low for an actual storybook for step parents to read to their step kids because I had this back in 2010, this little two, three year old stepson that his mom and I didn't get along at the time. And she was very protective of her role. And being a young stepmom, I was trying to just be mindful of not stepping on her toes to craft my own role in this newly blended family. And I wanted a book that was just for us. And back in 2010, there were not a lot of great options. And even today, there are a lot of really great books out there that if you have a kiddo that is going through like a parental separation or is trying to make sense of what their blended family is, there's a lot of really great books that can kind of give an instructional um not so much story, but like an instructional overview of mm-hmm, what a yeah. blended family is. And and I think those are more of the books where if you like Google books for blended families, right? they, they don't have a ton of narrative to them. Well, my, my in, yeah, go for it. Oh, sorry, I was just gonna say my kids read all of those books when they were in therapy. All three of our boys um, did supporting children after separation therapy because we're in high conflict situations. And they had a stack of those books in the therapist's office and all of them read it. But it's just, it's so clinical and it doesn't help support that step parent, step child relationship the way your book does. 
Well, one of the things that these books are missing from like a technical and uh, a craft standpoint, and I'm a writer by trade. Um, it's what I do in my day job. Um, I actually also help edit independent authors that are writing. Um, I'm working with a young adult fiction author right now. She's lovely. Hmm. Good to know. <laughs> Yeah. So like, that's my, like, one of my biggest things is I love narrative and I'm schooled in narrative from an undergraduate degree through my master's program, which I grounded my whole thesis in narrative theory and explored how narratives of the world and narratives in children's stories have created villains like the evil stepmother and how, how these books that exist in the niche market for blended families are not actually stories. They're instruction manuals. Or if they are stories, they are broken in key places. And one of the beautiful things about narrative theory is it's how we can actually shift empathy and change perceptions Mm -hmm. and create new truths and open eyes is to new narratives. And so as far as I know there are no other books that are a straight narrative from the step parent's perspective to the stepchild and (laughs) creates like a story where kids are and their blended families are present in in that narrative. And before you is kind of groundbreaking in that, which I don't say that to like put myself up on a shelf. I'm like, I did clinical research to find something like this. Right. And and nothing was there. And the children need to be able to write instead of a clinical book where sure words can jump out of them, but if they don't see themselves and their type of life in in it, they're not going to actually get that empathy or understanding or have it open any doors for them thought process wise. Oh, yeah. So as far as like scenes go in the book, I was super specific with the artist I was working with. And like the way I composed the book that I wanted to make sure that there were transitions, there were uh, scenes where kids were on phones with both parents, like both families and the the blended family existed throughout the story. So a kiddo in a blended family can be like, hey, this kid's going back and forth between parents. I do that. Right. And, every, and everybody's okay with that. Like, it, this isn't like, I'm not the weird kid. This is no, This is kid. like normal. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I was also just... Like the actual way the book is written is so different than what's out there because I really wanted it to be a love story. And Tony, when you said that your stepson was like, oh, my stepmom loves me. I'm like, yes, because this this book is infused with all of my love for my stepson and what I wanted him to know that he meant to me. And I hope that everybody who picks it up feels those warm and fuzzies. (laughs) It shows through every single page. It does. I can't remember if I told you, but when I first got them and I first read them, I was like in tears because I was like sitting alone on my daughter's bedroom floor, just reading them going, oh my God, these are so beautiful. Like, where have these been? Where were these when I became a stepmom six years ago? Oh, trust me. They were in my head. (laughs) (laughs) It just took uh, a master's program and and a lot of uh, fear and self-doubt to actually get them out there. (laughs) Right. So I need to talk to you about the book that I want to create that Lauren inspired. I was going to ask her about that too, actually. (laughs) 
I would love to to talk with you guys about my experience and um, how to get it, get something out there. Because what I, I worry about with this niche specifically is that when you think about going to a bookstore, just any bookstore, and you see a bunch of books for kids to pick up and read, I, I, I just feel like there are it should there should be random step parent books and in with the other books. We shouldn't be on a special shelf for blended families and split families. Right. This isn't self-help. This is life. (laughs) Exactly. So, I mean, if we are going to talk about diversity in children's books as like the characters that we see in the pages, but it should also include family types and mainstreaming some of those books as well, because I don't think that it's a bad idea to just have a kiddo in a in a normal family or like normal family. That's a horrible word. A traditional family, right. a nuclear family, pick up this book and experience the same love that they get from their parents in a different setting. Right. That was something I had written in my notes was for children who aren't in blended families, your book may be the first time they see a blended family. And what a gentle world opener for them. And to spark conversations with their parents about how their friends may have step parents or go back and forth between houses because it's something they may not understand. Oh, absolutely. Well, and I mean, if you think about kids in blended or split families or more step parents, I mean, the traditional family is shoved down their throat. That's what put me on this quest. My stepson looked at a book um, where it had a nuclear family and he goes, that's my dad. That's me. But where are you, Mama Kay? And I'm like, well, for the sake of this book, I guess I'm the mom character. And he's like, but I have a mom. (laughs) And I mean, but at the time he's three and he's like, but I have a mom. And I'm like, I know, bud. (laughs) Welcome to the problem of of small-minded society in a capitalist (laughs) culture. Because they don't, because you've self-published, right? Because it's such a niche market similar to, and this is what I hope, is that in society, we are normalizing so many things right now. Mm-hmm. Can we jump in the back of your truck? You know what I can, can we have a seat? Because as we, I'm sure we will see more and more and more books about transgender people and different blends of families of different genders. And great. We'd like to sit there too, because let's just normalize families. Absolutely. And that's one of the reasons why I was so hesitant to try traditional publishing, just because it doesn't seem like they're, they, they care much about no. a story. And this being your passion project and something that came so from your soul, I could see how that I wouldn't have even wanted to touch the thought of being rejected. Oh, absolutely. And when I figured out how to independently publish, it was just a matter of finding an artist, which I was so blessed to find Lana. She is amazing. And I it was a joy to work with her. She loved the mission behind my books. And I can't wait to use her again with the other books that are in my noggin and in various states of completion. Completion. No, I loved the artwork. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was perfectly executed. And I have to note that the stepmom in the stepmom book kind of looks like you. Like I, It's like she was like, <laughs> I'm just going to take a few of Cassandra's traits and draw it that way. She was very kind in taking some of my family pictures. And 
Um, she did make the little boy character and the mo- stepmom character after me. And then um, I asked my stepson's mom's permission to use the likeness of like her and her husband for the bio mom and the stepdad. And so they love that they're seen in this book as well. Um, oh, and then beautiful. because I have the stepdad version as well, yes. the stepdad, <laughs> my husband is Latino and he was like, oh, you're going to do the stepdad version. I'm like, yep, I am. I'm getting the artwork underway. And for Father's Day last year, I surprised him that the oh. stepdad, <laughs> <they're>, <laughs> they, they look like him and they look like, I mean, my, my son and my stepson at the age of young (laughs) look very similar so those characters are the same but you'll notice the difference between the stepdad and the stepmom like the stepdaughter in those books looks different because I really wanted the little girl in the stepdad book to look more like my girls and and, as he's the stepdad of them yeah oh I love that that is beautiful I did I did notice that and I do remember seeing you post on Instagram that you gifted the book to your husband for Father's Day which was like oh my god I want to get my hands on that book and then eventually I finally did (laughs) he is so sweet about it though oh he did Tony don't feel bad about crying he um did a mystery reader in my daughter's classroom a couple weeks ago and read this book to her and the teacher and I were sobbing and he he's in the military (laughs) so he was in uniform and he was like Uh you can't record it because if I cry in uniform it can't it can't get published anywhere (laughs) oh my goodness oh that that would have been beautiful I know we were like oh why'd you have to be like a work day where you had to be in uniform I would have loved to record you (laughs) what a beautiful core memory for her oh she was my daughter was sitting in the back and she was just like on cloud nine you could tell and they just have such a special relationship I mean all of the kids do can you tell us a little about your blend because I don't know as well so I know you you were step parenting in a previous marriage right yes okay yeah I've got quite the (laughs) journey we need like your rap sheet (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I can I can give it. So in 2009, 2010, I met a young man who had a young son. And so he was about two or three. He was three when we got married, but he was two when we started dating. And I was his stepmom for over 10 years before I left that marriage. And I still am connected to him today through his mom, who we get together regularly. We have family dinners. We celebrate birthdays. I mean, we oh, just I love that. Um, I really have a lot of grace and thankfulness for her. And she has become such a sweet friend of mine. <laughs> and there's a whole other story that goes along with all of that, but there might not be time for it. But she really has been like the supporting person that keeps us connected with him. And um, so I've been a divorced stepmom for going on four years. And I've been I remarried for a year and a half, but we've been together for two years, a little, a little more than two years. And he is stepdad to my three biological children from that marriage where I was a stepmom. And my kids were, it's, it's, so I think it's because they saw me being stepmom to my stepson and they saw the stepdad figure in his house that they were just like, yeah, step parents, they're just like, 
the best. They're a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So when my husband, my current husband, when I introduced him to my daughters, they were like, okay, so when are you getting married? And I'm like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) My boys did the same thing. (laughs) They were just like, oh yeah, this is our new dad. And I'm like, well, he has to kind of still choose us. But he did very, (laughs) very, and he is like one of those, I think like as step parents, um, and I, this was maybe just maybe my experience, but I I did the step parent thing for so long. I just kind of got this hunch that he got it. Like there's no, Mm -hmm. there's no ego when you're a step parent. Oh yeah, this kid, I'll take, I'll take on loving this kid. I'll take on caring for this kid. That's not a problem. It doesn't matter where they came from. And that's, that's, I don't think all step parents have that. And if you don't have that, that's not a problem. It's not a deficit. But if you do have that gene or that bone or that like characteristic, it does make being a step parent that much easier. Because you does. just own it. And it, it all has good and bad. Uh, we've talked before that I became like an overnight stepmom and I met these children and they were then mine. And that's how it's been. But being so flooded with it all when you're in high conflict or when bio mom doesn't maybe see you that way, that can be kind of a kick in the gut. So it all comes with good and bad. And I don't think there's any right answer. We're all just, (laughs) we're all just trying to love these humans. (laughs) And do our best with them. Right. Yes. So yeah, that's our blend is that uh, I have, I'm a divorced stepmom still, still very much um, in contact with my now 16 year old, almost 16 year old stepson. And uh, I like to say that I kept his, (laughs) his co-parent in the divorce. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Um, And then we've got my three kids, which are who are home based with me. And so he gets to be the, you know, instant dad of the house, Mm -hmm. which, which has just kind of turned it on me. Like I used to be so mad as a stepmom when I wasn't involved in a decision. And now as the bio parent co parent seen actively, I'm like, Oh, shoot, I forgot to include him in that decision. I would have been so mad. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. So there's a lot of learning when you find yourself on the other side. And I, I find that maybe I judged too critically sometimes with some of the things that went wrong. But we're all just learning. We've got to go easy on ourselves. None of us are perfect. We do. Ease is my word of the year. And so far, so far I'm failing. (laughs) But I've learned from what you just said is something that I do. I need to be involved in everything. I want total control. I want to be a tiebreaker as well, even though I'm reminded often that I'm not. And it has made me a very stoic and stern person. And that's not my natural tendency. So I'm kind of unraveling this knot that I've created, right? Yeah. And it's from those moments of, and it's a learning curve to be like, oh, no, I am still a part of the team, even if I'm not driving. I love that. Still a part of the team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Ish. So talking about the ish, do you want to explain a little bit how the We Are Family-ish came about? Because I believe there's a cute little story behind that. Oh my gosh, we're... <laughs> 
I'm, I love words. I, I think this is, I mentioned that I'm a writer and words are just my thing. So when I was trying to play with like names for what we could, what I could call this business, what I could bring these books under. And uh, I had been talking with my stepson's mom and the little, she has a little girl and a little boy that are, have different dads than um, our our connective little boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So she's got her three kids, her little girl and my little girls have always been really good friends. And I remember her girl S came up and was like, so she is big brother's sister. So she's like my sister too. Right. And I'm like, ish. And that's when <laughs> um, my stepson's mom was like, oh my gosh, we're family ish. And I'm like, yes, we are family ish. Yes. So the, my website is under we are family ish and all of my uh, social tags are under that same name. And it's this concept of family ish can encompass so much. I mean, like, um, we have friends who are estranged from their parents. And so my mother has become this pseudo grandparent to her kids. And she's like, can you please write a book and publish it under your brand for kids that don't have like an actual grandparent, but they have a grandparent figure that loves them. And so oh. this this concept of family-ish is, is growing in my, in my mind and my heart. And I, as a writer, I've got several books that I'm going to be putting together in the next couple of years. But as an independent published author, they take some time and yeah. some, some and some resources. So I'm playing around with like, do I do some GoFundMe stuff? And, yes, and, you do. <laughs> and, yeah. and, um, uh, and some crowdsourcing. So we're I'm in the um, I'm in the works of doing some research on that. But Another component that I was talking to another uh, stepmom about was that I would love to make these books customizable because what were the cruxes and I've had people reach out to me. I've had um, a person reach out because she's like, I bought your books and they're great, but do you have same sex step parent books? And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't, but uh, I will hopefully mm-hmm. soon. <laughs> Oh my gosh, so, Cassandra, you're going to be like the next Oprah and you're going to have been on our podcast. <laughs> well, I, I, I will definitely uh, bring y'all to the show if I get that, if I get that big. Yes. <laughs> now I wish you signed my books. Right. <laughs> well, we were talking about doing a giveaway with the books. If you get, um, do a giveaway with those books, I will definitely send you guys some signed copies. Yes, I do want to do a giveaway just got to work out logistics and stuff like that yeah let me know but yeah, maybe so- maybe we could do because I, I can ship my books here from Australia and that way it saves us all some money because let's face it we're either not receiving child support or paying child support so we don't have any <laughs> right <money>. or both <laughs> <laughs> well that and when I was like oh we're sending this to Australia oh okay I did <sighs> not <laughs> I did not know that it was not as bad as I thought it was going to be <laughs> I just sent Lauren a baby gift and it cost me almost as much as the gift to post it to America. Oh no. And her gift was tiny. Oh no. Oh wow. So so maybe we can work together to do it that way and we can do a giveaway. Cause I'd love to even send like one, like send the books out like as 
individual rather than sending them out together, like finding a stepmom and a stepson and sending it out that way so that each person gets one for their type of blend, basically. That is, yes, that sounds perfect. We can, we can talk details post podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Did you find that the process of writing these books, like healing and all to be able to change the narrative and take control? Well, I don't, I think I wrote this book in various stages of my life when my, my stepson was young and sweet. It probably like was something I recited to him when we'd go to bed. And then like, as a writer, I just like write down different versions of it, but it was always this like sweetness that I wanted to impart with him. And, and I think the part that felt the most, um, I don't want to call it like healing, but just like it felt validating were the the ones where it was like, um, there's the one where it says before you, I thought I was good at sharing. Because honestly, I've always thought I'm a giving and I mean, like hashtag people pleaser, let's be real. (laughs) (laughs) But the next page says, now I know it's harder than I thought. And, and that line didn't come together very quickly and I know it doesn't it's not a ton of words and the sentiment is quite simple but that doesn't mean it necessarily was easy but I I think it's really important for step parents specifically to understand that sharing is a very selfless thing and sharing a child whether you are sharing them because you're both bio parents and you're co-parenting and it's split or you're a step parent sharing a child it's hard I think it's like the hardest thing I've ever done Absolutely. Um, is share a child in a way that just seems unintuitive and unnatural. So with the sharing of the children, with our dynamic that my husband and I have, it's very rare that I hear from my son when he's with his father because his phone gets taken off him often. It's only if he sneaks his phone, I'll get a text message. Good night, mum. Um, oh, yeah. But when he's only there for three nights, I really don't mind that much. But when he's gone for a week or two weeks over the holidays, it's like, I, I still want to hear from him. I want him to know that I'm still alive and that I'm still thinking about him without interrupting that time. And on the other side of it, with having an autistic stepchild, my husband and I try to not bombard little Jay with phone calls and we leave it up to him to call us. And some weeks we'll hear from him every single day. And then other weeks we don't hear from him at all. Mm. So that's where we find the sharing of the children really hard when we don't, even though we have split custody and shared custody, we don't always get to hear from them. And it kind of hurts, especially when we have the other parent calling constantly when they're with us. I totally understand that. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to make sure that some of these sentiments that are very common in being a step parent to make sure that they're reflected in the story, because I mean, we, we feel that pull, we feel that challenge. Right. And, and it's hard to be like, oh, yeah, that's, that's hard and everything. But there's a certain amount of sadness that I think it's okay to share with children mm-hmm. in, yeah. in that truthfulness, because it's done in a safe way. 
because it shows them that's like, oh, even though I'm sad about this, I'm also happy. There's another scene in the book that that kind of talks about that where you see the the kiddo is on FaceTime talking with step parent and bio parent and then the step parent is seeing video or seeing pictures when they're away and with the other parent. And I actually pulled that from when we got to take my stepson to um, like we went on a family vacation to Mexico. And I remember my stepson's mom reaching out and she's like, I have never missed him so much and been so happy to miss him because you guys had a blast and getting to have all the because I sent her all the pictures of all of our adventures. And it's not to like be like, oh, we went on this adventure and you didn't get to with him. It was like, this is this is your boy in Mexico on the beach. This is your boy getting to experience the seafood that then made him throw up later that evening. No stress. <laughs> oh my goodness. I am trying so hard not to cry over here because this goes in like, <laughs> surprise, surprise. That's pretty much like my norm. Um, <laughs> But that like goes in so beautifully to the growth that I'm trying to have in my stepmom journey four years in um, that I am repeatedly told by bio mom and reminded that I'm not a parent and that I don't have kids so I can't have an opinion. And it makes those transitions and things so much harder, right? And to to be able to see the beauty in the book of, of I'm I'm still here. Like I'm, I'm loving you out and I'm going to love you back in like to humanize that experience, like you said earlier, but to grow to one day share photos, right? We are not there. (laughs) We are blocked on all social media platforms. And (laughs) if you need me, please, if you need me, it must be over email. So it's documented, right? All it's very stringent. Um, And I, had like a a Glennon Doyle untamed version of what my co-parenting life was going to be like. And it's Mm -hmm. nothing like that. So like a crash down to earth moment. Now we're kind of rebuilding, but that being the goal that the child and their experience in this life, apart from all of us is, is the crux that that is the most meaningful part of everything we're all trying to do. Oh, and that's what I fully believe in. Because I think that I made this book a little bit in an ideal state. I mean, mm-hmm. while the the families seem to be getting along, I think that this book still fits with families where there's more high conflict. Absolutely. In the sense that there aren't a ton of them like being super chummy or wearing matching jerseys or whatever is <laughs> very Instagram friendly. Right. But they're present. <laughs> right. And, and for that, it was more about the, the truth to being a step parent, which is as much as in my very early years, wanting to like craft out my own role while simultaneously ignoring the fact that she exist, <laughs> existed. Right. <laughs> Hashtag my first year of step momming. <laughs> and I think we all have to, within our like step mom journey, like figure out what works for us. And I mean, some people that, that parent doesn't exist. They're not largely present or present at all. So, but I wanted, I think the majority of blended families and step families, there's some amount of contact. And I I needed that to be present 
in the book so it could be authentic because yes. as a stepmom, you reconcile with the fact that you share this child and they love this other person. And by mm-hmm. seeing all these characters holistic and happy with the child, you give them permission to love all the characters in, on the page and then transition that to their real life and love all the characters in their in their family. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if I gift this book, The Stepmom and Stepson One, to my son to give to his stepmother for Mother's Day or if it will go down like a bag of dicks. <laughs> if you if you give that book, sorry, Cassandra, if you give that book, I'm sending Bio Mom Untamed by Glennon Doyle. <laughs> I'm doing it. You guys have talked me out of it for so long. I'm, I'm just sitting here going, maybe if I do something. And I like might I, even highlight it. Well, if I do the <laughs> ultimate gesture, maybe she will stop seeing me as the enemy and we can build a bridge and get over whatever the issue is. You know, though, you probably can. I think you should do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a kind gesture. And I mean, here's my philosophy on gifts for holidays in general. It's like, if you give it with a good intention, you are not responsible for how it's received. <laughs> right. I totally agree with that. I, I could just imagine her setting it on fire, though. She, she won't, though, because it's a gift from him and it's something they can read together. True, true. If I, I, I guess just I could ask it. him if he wants to gift it to her. That was lovely. Yes, that, that might be the safest way. <laughs> And then if he wants to gift it to her, he can and he can take it when he sees her next weekend and he could give it to her on Stepmother's Day, which Madison absolutely hates that day. But. Yeah, anti, anti-Stepmother's anti Day. I just am like, oh, you don't have to have a certain date on a calendar to celebrate. And Mother's Day is so loaded for so many people. For so many reasons. Well, I mean... Uh, not to get off on a tangent, but it's just like for those people who like they've been trying for years to be a mother. And I have a dear friend who oh, I just I feel for her. She's like, I've, I should have been a mom three years and multiple times over. <laughs> it's heartbreaking. And it's yeah. like, oh, yeah, you you get credit. And she's like, but I don't have the prize. Oh. And and so it, it, I've always had a kind of a like a flippant response to Mother's Day where I'm like, we've always just kind of devil may care separated or celebrated on a day that worked for us. And I mean, the only day I've ever had my kids, all my kids, my stepson included for Mother's Day was Mother's Day 2020. And to be frank, I haven't, I didn't have my kids the last two year on Mother's Day in for us, uh, just because our custody schedule is a hot mess. And he was like, no, I think they need to be with their grandma today. And I'm like, cool, I'll celebrate with them on another time. I'm not going to give you my power. (laughs) I have to admit, because we were so high conflict and just for the fact that my ex refused the first year and every other year after, he always made it difficult for me to have my son on Mother's Day. When we went back to mediation last year, I made sure that the clause was put in there that I got to be with my son on Mother's Day and he was there was a lot of pushback on it. And then I kindly reminded him that because of the leap year, it would change this year and my son would already be with me, but then he'd be in the same boat for Father's Day. Yeah. And when I put it back on him, because he's like, I, why would I not have my son on Father's Day? Why would I not have my son on Mother's Day? And so we were able to put that into the clause. But this is the first year where Mother's Day has fallen on our kid weekend. 
So I actually get to celebrate with my stepsons, which is exciting because previously I haven't been able to. And they do go back to their mum today and they'll spend Saturday night with her and come home to us Sunday afternoon. And I'm okay with that. But I'm also really excited that I get some of that day with them. I do think that it's like that. I would, I mean, like, I'm like, oh, the last two years, I haven't really had them. So we've just celebrated on other days. But when I reflect on this year, I do get to have them, even though I probably will only like FaceTime or text with my stepson. It there's an ease that comes with having the day that the whole world is celebrating, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So I I will have to say that this year I do feel a sense of ease knowing that like, oh, yeah, I'll have my kids. I won't have to be like, oh, darn, I don't have them. I think it's also meaningful for the kids. The kids know what day it is. Like we talked about in a previous episode um, that a couple of weeks ago I heard little Jay, the, the kid who doesn't even know when his own birthday is, come out and go, well, since we're here on Mother's Day, do I get to go back to mum's? And yeah. although although as a stepmom, it's like I, I want him to spend Mother's Day with his mum because I know as a bio mom how important that is. But to hear it, I was like, a knife to my chest. He doesn't want to see me on Mother's Day. This is before I knew that he was getting me a present, but mind you. So I was just <laughs> I was just being butthurt with my own emotions because I'm like, I don't want to hear that. Which were valid. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, but at the same time, the kids know where Mother's Day is. They're doing things at school. They want to be with their mom on Mother's Day just as much as they want to be with their dad on Father's Day. Yeah, I think it's really hard for kids because there was there was a bit of confusion the last two years with my kids. They're like, wait, what? We're, we're going to see our dad on Mother's Day? And I'm like, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> my stepson had other thoughts. He was like, mm, no. But... <laughs> 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 Uh, the little kids, because he was with his mom, they have a completely separate custody arrangement than what I have um, yeah. with with our kids. But he was like, I'm with you. Why do- Why doesn't she get her kids? <laughs> his yeah. mom's like, maybe you should ask your dad. He's at that age where you can be like a little bit. Right. Nudge, <laughs> nudge. <laughs> like, uh, hmm. our, our boys are, what, 8, 10, and 12. And we go, oh, maybe you should ask your other parent. We're already doing that because it's like, why should we be the ones that have to let the kids down? Yeah. I am a firm believer in letting your kids meet their parents. Um, After multiple, like we did a semi, a quasi parenting evaluation and the evaluator was like, she's done too good of a job of protecting the kids. (laughs) Yeah, I had a therapy. And especially in high conflict, you want to protect them. But it doesn't always serve the greater good because you can't protect forever in every moment. Exactly. And Mm -hmm. so I've just taken the stance where I'm like, I will let them meet him for who he is. And so there have been times where I'll have a kiddo come up and be like, oh, he didn't show up. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. And they're like, well, did you reach out to them? I'm like, I sure did. Did he text you back? No, he did not. Yep. I had this happen on Wednesday. My son goes for an overnight dinner visit and mm-hmm. school gets out at 2.40. My son left his phone at home that day because he has a very short attention span and just forgot it. And at 3.05, I had a missed call from the school and I was out the back watering the garden with my toddler. And I come back in at about quarter past three and I'm like, oh, there's a missed call from the school. I better call them back. They're like, oh, we, we have your son here. Just wondering if you're on your way to pick him up. 
I might, you, I'm sorry to put you in this position, but I'm currently blocked and can't call his father and he's meant to be in his father's care. Are you able to call his father? (laughs) (laughs) And he didn't show up until 20 to four. Oh, ouch. So an hour after school let out, he showed up. And then that's what Madison was saying earlier, that it's like he's making up because he knows he's stuffed up again and he paid his child support, including everything else that he, like his backdated child support and he's bought our son a jumper for school because it's winter here. But my son still sees that. It's like dad can't even pick me up from school on time. Right. Well, and And that's, yeah. That's why oh, I just sorry. am like, you have to let and okay, so my my stepson's mom and I have these these conversations where she's like, Well, sometimes I just wanna let him know what's going on. I'm like, Yeah, but he learns the lesson better when the behavior speaks for itself. Right. Yes. Without and, then any lasting residue of the conversation being on you. Well, and I also am like, we, we deal with some mental health issues and we deal with some uh, behavioral health issues with um, our co-parent. And so sometimes it's like, well, that could be a product of something. So we try to also like let our kids remind or like remind our kids that like, this could be situational. This couldn't be forever. And right. If I don't take the stance of let them meet their parent, if this is a pattern, they're going to meet their parent where they are. But if it's a pattern that they're working to fix, I don't ever want to be the reason why my kids decided to cut off ties when their parent maybe tries to get better and then Mm -hmm. is better for them. Because then you just become the villain of the story. And that's not the point of parenting is to condemn the other parent. (laughs) You know, right. And you and I have similar situations with our co-parent from discussions that we've had over the years. And my son at the age of seven decided he didn't want to see his father anymore because of a situation. And at the same time, I said to him, okay, you don't have to go for the time being, but you have to go back to therapy so you can work through your issues with your dad and hopefully you'll want to see your dad again. And he did. He did therapy for about three months and then he's like, oh, maybe I'm ready to see my dad again. See, and that's like the the support that I'm I'm all about. And that's where we've, we've done a number of therapies for the, the kids as well to try to be like, oh, okay, and this is how you can get some support in these situations. Right. And, and these tools the- to use. Yeah. But wouldn't it be great to have a children's book where like you have a, a family member who's trying to make up for past hurts? I don't know of that mm-hmm. children's book. <laughs> I think there could be a great adolescent book there. Yeah. And have it be with, a real story and um, a, uh, like a like a chapter manual. book, right? Because like my ten year old needs that right now. Do you know what I mean? Just of of this reactionary, what's going through minds, understanding and empathizing with other humans being human um, can be really hard when the emotional intelligence just isn't there yet. Yeah, and that's why I think that like storybooks are super integral to how we kind of normalize some of these not normal but very common mm-hmm. situations yeah I bring a lot of things back to story because that's what I lived my life in <laughs> it's lovely there I love the stories that I create <laughs> speak it into existence 
exactly. It matters how you move through the world and the narrative you create for yourself. So why not make it a good one? I agree. And and then also, I think there's so many misperceptions about what a blended family is, what step parents really are. When I was doing my research, it's like over 50% in the US um, of families are in some form of split or recoupling. And success rates of secondary families are less than 50%. And some of that is due to bonding strategies and how we're allowed to blend families. So one of my big things about hey, read books to your kids, especially if you have the privilege of getting in to a blended family with younger kids is reading to them, playing with them, doing puzzles with them, getting on their level are such positive ways to bond and connect on a human level and really impact how your blend blends in a positive way. Right. Yeah. I know I'm speaking to women who are living it as well. (laughs) Yeah, because it it doesn't stop either. Like you, you can't do that work and then stand up. You have to remain at their level, or they see it as temporary. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm currently growing with our 10 year old, he's getting out of this little boy stage, and he's becoming this little preteen adolescent. And the way we communicate and how we love is different now. And we're growing and it's bumpy. And he doesn't really want to do like art with me. But Right. I'm just uh, searching for the things that can, you need can to get us to on that. Fortnite. I, don't, I can't. <laughs> they, I always end up looking at the sky. I can't use the controller. <laughs> well, I either, re- but I try. <laughs> it's so hard. I get that because my, my stepson, I, I still call him my stepson, but, and I think I will my rest of my life. Because he is. Yep. Because he is. Um, I mean, like he's into baseball and uh, I'm like, I don't know anything about baseball. So one of the things that I tried really hard, especially during the divorce is when I was given time with him, I was like, you lead the way. What are you interested in? I'll just take a stance of curiosity and learn from you about what it is you're interested in. So I just smile and nod a lot whenever he talks Mm -hmm. about baseball. (laughs) But I'm like, I'm always down for a conversation about baseball or what cars he's interested in. Not that I'm going to foot the bill for a car these days, but we're (laughs) like, "Mm, you can like that Mustang, but that don't mean nothing. (laughs) Right. Right. Dream big, honey, but stay realistic. (laughs) 100%. Oh, the part that made me cry when I was reading through the book when Tony sent it was... Before I thought I knew what family was, now I know family is so much more. And Mm -hmm. the fact that you have given the children and every reader permission to make their own definition is is groundbreaking. What you're doing is groundbreaking. And I just needed to say that. Oh, you're going to make me cry. (laughs) (laughs) So... I do have to talk a little bit of one, one's a funny and one's very sweet, but the, the picture where everybody is, um, where it says, now I know family is so much more the the illustration is actually based on the only picture that my stepson has with, um, when my, my ex-husband and I were still married of all of us together. And it's, 
um, and like in the in the real picture, he has both of his brothers, he has all of his sisters, he has stepmom, stepdad, mom and dad. And then there's Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus, who um, happen to be his aunt and great aunt and uncle. (laughs) (laughs) And that particular Christmas was um, my last Christmas married to my ex-husband. And I threw the gauntlet down that Christmas uh, because it was my my biological son's first Christmas. And I wanted to be able to have them all for this moment. And my ex-husband did not want to invite um, the bio mom to this event where, but she had allowed us to interfere in her custodial time to have my stepson for this event and he was just like no I don't want her there I'm not ready to be around her at an event like this and I just threw down and I was like nope we're done with this she Mm -hmm. she is giving up her quote Christmas Eve to allow us this time where she is invited she is going to be there and stepson is going to get a picture with all of his family and I made it happen That's and beautiful. Then filed for divorce three months later. <laughs> <laughs> the things we do. It doesn't take away from the fact that you made that happen. So the that that was where I was just like, family is what family is what it is to you. And and it really is a feeling as as Hallmark sounding card that it, as that is. It, that's the truth. Uh, the funny thing with this scene is the the first picture is a little bit more of a traditional where it's like mom and dad introducing new baby. So mm-hmm. like half sister or half brother to one of the, the stepchildren. And uh, when my mother-in-law, my, my new mother-in-law was reading through the book that I had given to my my husband. she thought you were pregnant <laughs> she thought I was pregnant oh, we like, god. oh my gosh she was like oh, you're pregnant you're having a baby and I'm like god no god no calm <laughs> down calm down <laughs> I'm oh like we god. just got married we are not pregnant <laughs> oh my gosh that's hysterical I just I just wanted to say what I finally remembered what I was going to say before when we were talking about like the ish part of we are family ish is It reminded me of, I think it was only the second or third time mine and my husband's boys had met and they were running through a playground and they were calling each other brothers. We we hadn't even told them we were dating. We were just friends and we were letting the boys get to know each other and letting the boys get to know us. And we hadn't even done a sleepover and they just started calling each other brothers. And my husband's boys had said, can Tony and Big K come for a sleepover tonight? Aww. It was just, I love that. And that, I think that, that was the drawing point. Part of what this book gives with that is this, this permission to create your family. Uh, yes. Just like them calling each other brother. When I became an overnight stepmom, the first night that the boys came over and then never left, uh, Maxfield said, so are you my stepmom? And I said, I'll be whatever you want me to be. And he would, so he called me stepmom the rest of the weekend. And I have been his stepmom ever since. And then the relationship grew, but in his little boy mind, he just needed to be able to quantify and place and understand how this dynamic was going to be for him. And he needed his, his pieces like on the board. I think it's so important for kids to 
be able to say things like, oh, yeah, they're my brother, they're my sister, and not have to think about ish or haves or, right. Um, right. I mean, we have, I mean, my cousin has kids, and I refer to her as auntie, and the, them as cousin. I mean, like, blended families should be fully permiss or like have the permission to do all of those things because it's it's just too hard to remember the actual org structure if you will of a blended yeah. family and kids don't need that and no. and that <laughs> and that's one of the reasons why the book that I wrote is so plain in language if you will because I really do want it to be a simple story for the like kids to grasp onto and understand innately right that's their person whatever they call them they can see their people within the pages right and that's why you don't see like mom or dad or stepmom in the language because it's not supposed to evoke um or it's not it's supposed to evoke feelings of welcome and love and trust rather than labels and the labels come just because people ask for clarity but what what matters most to them is how these people in their lives make them feel mm-hmm. yeah well said all right cassandra did you want to tell our listeners where they can find you where they can buy your book what's the best way to help you grow <laughs> with the before you series so my books can be found. It's probably easiest to go onto my website, which I don't know if it's different in Australia, but <laughs> here in the US, it's www.wearefamilyish.com. And um, I've got a tab that goes directly to my book manufacturer because they have a print on demand portion. Um, or you can search Amazon. It's easiest to find my books by searching before you stepmom or stepdad. And both of those are great ways to get in touch with my book. I also do co-parenting and step-parenting coaching. And that information is on my website as well. But the books and the customizable options are in the works. It's just a matter of time and finances. So if you're interested in supporting uh, Family-ish as a organization, because eventually I'm going to have staff. (laughs) Yes. It's going to be on that website and follow me on social media. All of my handles are weird family-ish and we'll just continue to grow and expand these stories out to families that will appreciate and need them. Yeah, that's beautiful. And we will work out a competition that we can do to try and spread these books across America and Australia. Yay. What a gift you are, Cassandra. I am so happy to have met and talked to you today. Well, I hope we get to continue the conversation. I love your guys' work and the things that you guys talk about, because some of these narratives of being a step-parent are there, unless we have more conversations about what's hard, what's what's good, what's what's weird, (laughs) because there's Mm -hmm. a lot of weird some people can feel so alone in their experiences as step parents or just as co-parents thinking that they're doing it wrong. And there's, and reality is there's no right, there's no wrong. There's what works for you in your situation. 
Yep. Well said. Perfectly said. Yes. But it's been lovely talking with you, Cassandra, and we'll have to have you on again sometime. Well, and you guys have my email. So if you would like to connect over Zoom or talk more about books or writing or editing, I am happy to play because lovely. that's what I am about. I'm, I mean, we're in book two of a trilogy. My lawyer... <laughs> I'm editing her second book. She's about ready to publish it this summer. And then we'll oh move my. into the third of her trilogy. Wow. That's so exciting. My yeah, book first- idea is still in dot point format of ideas. <laughs> well, and then eventually uh, my stepson's mom and I are going to write uh, a book together about our relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope you guys have a lovely Mother's Day and congrats you on too. the baby, Lauren. Thank you. <laughs> We hope you've enjoyed this episode and we hope that you go find Cassandra and check out her book before you and hopefully it will resonate with you and please stay tuned for an upcoming giveaway where we will give away her books. That's exciting. Follow this podcast and like, comment. We would love to keep the conversations going. You can find us on Instagram and on our Facebook page and we're emerging on TikTok. Yes. Ish. Ish. It's all about the ish. Ish. Yeah. (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye.